This is Graphically Novel, a podcast about three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing one of Sam's picks. Sam, what did you foist upon us this week? So I picked something that was totally awesome, and it's got like 5,000 names. Uncanny Avengers, Unity, Volume 1, Lost Future. It was totally a a Deadpool pick. Not Deadpool. Daredevil pick. Because it had Deadpool in it. <laughs> so I picked it. Because It was a Deadpool was, pick, too. It was a Deadpool pick. And that's why I picked it. Because it had Deadpool in it. And really no other reason than that. It was Avengers with Deadpool. I was like, oh, I'll be pretty interesting. And that's, well, that is... It is, like, not a thing you see a lot. An Avengers book with Deadpool front and center on the cover. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> and that's the main reason I picked it. I was like, oh, we'll have to do this one. And that's, that's me defending it. That's all I got. Well, I, I actually, I was wrong last week. I thought that um, there was a different run. I, I had read this before. I, I thought this was a, a different part of the Uncanny Avengers thing that I, I read. And so, yeah, I, I misspoke. So I could have backed you up more last week. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> it's a day that ends in Y. I got something wrong. Um, <laughs> right. You want to give us some uh, grades? Yeah. Yeah. It's time for the live action Batman grades. And this is the portion of the show where uh, we give out our eccentric grades based on the men who have, I'm butchering this. Uh, it's our live action Batman grades, guys. You know how we do. Um, the, the scale from best to worst is Bell Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. And Josh, rescue me. What's your grade? All right. Uh, I'm, I waffled between two, and I hate to say it, but I'm going with the lower one of the two. I'm going with a Keaton. That's fair. That's not too bad. That's the lower of the two. I like Keaton as well. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's it's a good time. It's not like world changing. It's not like I'm going to be on my Mount Rushmore of any character. Except maybe, you know, Synapse, because this is the only thing I think she's ever been in. <laughs> but, like, it's not like a top 10 Deadpool book ever. It's not a top, you know, Captain America story or anything like that. But it's a good time. I enjoyed myself. I'm not mad about I read it. I'm not mad I read it again. Uh, apparently, it's not very memorable because I forgot I'd read it. But... <laughs> But it was a good time. Keaton. And I agree. We're all in unison here because I also have Keaton. And there's some things that I think brought the score down. It could have been better. But we'll definitely cross that bridge when we get there. I'm pretty sure you're already guessing what I got complaints about. Yeah, I know two things for sure that I know you're going to say. And I think another one that Josh is going to say. So. We'll see. Yeah. Well, the creator credits this week are a bit of a mess. Um, so it's written by Jerry Duggan. The art on issues one through four is Ryan Stegman. Did that feel like Ryan Stegman to you all? Uh, no. It didn't me either. And this isn't that long ago. Um, but he I, did he go to school or have his life just completely revolutionized <laughs> before he started working on Venom? Because it's anyway, we'll get into that, too. Um. Issues five through six were penciled by Carlos Pacheco. Um, those last two issues were inked by Mariano Trebo, Dave Mikis, and Scott Hanna. I'm a sorry, I'm sorry to all those men for mispronouncing their names. Um, colors, um, Richard Eisenhoff uh, did uh, five and a half. Um, Antonio Fabella did something on six. I'm not sure. Uh, letters were by VCs Clayton Cowles. Cover art, um, Issues one through four were Ryan Stegman and Richard Eisenhoff. Uh, uh, five 
was by Yasmin Putri. Putri? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yasmin. Uh, six was by Carlos Pacheco, Mariano Trebo, and Sonia Obach. And I'm sorry. Actually, I just apologize to everyone in general. I'll probably even pronounce Ryan Stegman's <laughs> name wrong. <laughs> uh, it's probably Jerry Dugan and not Duggan, too. I probably got everything wrong. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I'm calling him Dugan now for my own purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's make Jamie wrong as much as we possibly can. Um, well, rest assured, it's not the last thing I've mispronounced on this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say you just stepped just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's get into the spoiler section of the show. So this is you're about to hear the spoiler clacks, and that is your warning that we're heading into spoiler radiation territory. Uh, continue on at your own risk. Time for the bite size breakdown. Uh, Josh, you've got issue one. Go. All right. And actually, we're starting with Avengers number zero. There was a 10-page little prequel in there, uh, and it's a prologue. Uh, prologue, yeah. And uh, I summed it up really nicely. Deadpool becomes an Avenger. All right. <laughs> and then we go into, <laughs> we go into issue one uh, titled An Imperfect Union. We see a man dying of cancer, engulfed in the Terrigen Mist, and reborn, able to control Mother Nature. He states humanity is making her sick, but he can save her. Eight months later, Deadpool and the Uncanny Avengers stop an evil android. Spider-Man states that Deadpool is dangerous and a distraction, and so he quits the team. After a bad press briefing, the team returns to an old theater that is their new headquarters. Rogue threatens to quit the the team too, but doesn't. Quicksilver's running around the world dating women when a new threat pops up in Boston. Giant bees and monster dogs are sprouting from plants and attacking people. Then the shredded man is revealed as the bad guy. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, issue two. The Avengers continue punching plants, and Synapse heals a planted-up baby. Then Johnny gets a brainstorm and realizes that science might help, but he doesn't know any at all. So he flies to MIT and enlists the help of the nerds there. The shredded man shows up and starts watching, uh, no, wrecking more of the shop, and throws Quicksilver inside a cocoon. I hope he comes out a butterfly. Then we fast forward to the future and see Cable discover that the Avengers completely failed and the shredded man destroyed the world. Yes. Uh, so, issue three, too many cooks. So, uh, Voodoo saves Quicksilver's spirit from demons while Deadpool is giving him CPR. The Avengers are surrounded by an angry mob and some angry tree dogs, what I called them. <laughs> uh, Cable shows up and blasts the dogs and saves everybody. All the good guys are standing around talking about who Cable is and what to do next when the Shredded Man shows up and tells them his master plan. The Shredded Man pushes a human spore bomb at them and he blows up. The Avengers all go down, but Cable and Snaps. Cable starts giving them antitoxins and Snaps chases after the Shredded Man. She catches up to him and they have a small fight when the Shredded Man reveals his true identity, Snaps' grandfather. And then issue four titled Oddball Special. Synapse pleads with her grandfather to stop what he's doing, but he refuses. The team seems to be getting better at working together. The big brains at MIT have developed a serum that could save everybody. So Johnny Storm tries it on himself, and then Quicksilver distributes to everyone still in the city. Cable gets a psychic flash and stops Synapse from killing her grandfather. 
Cable then shoots Snaps so that her grandfather will have to stop his plan to save her. Then he and all of his monsters melt. The Naps asks Cable to not tell the team that the Shredded Man was her grandfather, and Captain America asks Cable to stick around and help track down the Red Skull. We then get a teaser of Hank Pym wearing Ultron like a nanoparticle suit. And we don't come back to that anymore at all in this book. Okay, issue five. The Bagalia job, or Bagalia job, or Bagalia job. I have no idea. Um, it's one of those made-up comic book countries. I assume. I don't think that's real. <laughs> <laughs> you just insulted an entire country <laughs> by denying their existence. That's rude. I think it's next door to Liberia. I'm pretty sure that's not real either. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that that's issue five. Uh, Roke, Cable, Deadpool, and the Human Torch hijack a villain cruise ship and get a lead on the whereabouts of the Red School. Cable ditches them and the rest go to Begalia, or however that's pronounced, where a bunch of shenanigans ensue involving robotic knights and shining armor, the Red School pretending to be Gambit, and the plot thickens. Good, yeah. Alright, so, issue six, The Uninvited. Wrecker is released from prison. 54 minutes later, he was wrecking the Avengers theme hotel. <laughs> six minutes later, Deadpool and Quicksilver show up. Elsewhere, Synapse is on her way to New Adeline, where Medusa and Gang are trying to get her to live there. While there, one of the Inhumans loses control and Snaps puts him to sleep. She then refuses Medusa's offer. Back at Adventure's fantasy camp, Deadpool diffuses the situation by throwing cash at, at, at Wrecker, then having him look for the Red Skull. While leaving, Quick, Quicksilver checks the catacombs for some reason, but says all is clear. When they leave, they... Uh, we see Red Skull was hiding there all along. I've got questions about that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't Deadpool say? Do. Didn't Deadpool say he couldn't because like of something like with his cancer or the his healing power? Like that people can't do the mind wearing yeah. jammy on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had questions. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to get to the graphically novel pyramid, and this is the part of the show where we. Dig into the three parts of a uh, three elements we believe a book needs to be a good book, and the first of these is story. And Josh, you're leading off everything tonight. What you got? All right. So, overall, the story was pretty solid, uh, especially the first four issues, which felt like they should have been collected together. The issues five and six, I don't know that they belong with this collection. Bing. That was my yeah. guess for your yeah. complaint. because <laughs> they, they don't flow. The art changes, the story changes. I mean, they you never hear anything about the Red Skull in the first four until the very end. And you're like, oh, the Red Skull is going to be the next storyline. But even then, it feels like it's really just bouncing around. Uh, so I don't know. But the, the first four were good. Uh, though I don't know if we've ever sh- said it on the show. I don't like time travel stories. Uh, so I had some issues with Cable. It's come up. Uh, has it? Okay. I thought, I thought we may have mentioned it. Uh but it, the reason it bothered me on this one, and, I, and I'm learning to roll with it, but uh, I felt like Cable was somewhere off Earth or in another timeline, and then he shows back up to Earth, and it's 2087, and, and Earth's wrecked. I mean, if he was on Earth the whole time, he would have known what was going on. So I feel like this Cable stepped out of another storyline back to Earth and said, oh, man, something's happened. I got to go back and fix it. It, it. it just felt like there was a lot of setup to his part of the story that we didn't get. It kind of felt like to me that, um, hey, sales aren't great. Cable's not doing anything. Let's throw him in this book. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, 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 he didn't feel like he fit into the storyline. It didn't make a lot of sense, his setup coming into the story. Uh, and also, we, we mentioned it. I, I ended my uh, issue four breakdown. There was a lot of teasers in this thing, a lot of setting up upcoming storylines uh, that, again, we, we complain about. You, you, you give us a little tease, and then for five issues, I don't hear anything else about it, and that gets frustrating. Well, see, here's the, here's the thing where I completely agree with you, but also know we're not being fair at all. Because comic book nerds complain. Like, yeah, I go by my monthly issues, and I'm like, the writers are just writing for the trades. They're not writing good single issues anymore. And then when they collect, when they, so, but when they do that, when they write for more like a three-year story arc, and so they're laying in plot lines, they're giving little hints and things, revisiting things. We, then, but when it gets collected, it reads weird. We get mad that the trades aren't right. So do we want them to write for the trades, or do we not? And... <laughs> comic book nerds like we want everything to work exactly how we want it to work and it's we i don't i don't know how the writers win yeah <laughs> don't because <laughs> I've, I've read this entire story arc it works out really well and reading it monthly it worked it flowed really well um things were paced out really well it felt like a kind of like a claremont style you know weaving storylines in and out setting stuff up revisiting it later all that kind of jazz but it does read weird in the trades man <laughs> yeah if they had just really collected knows. the first four and called it a day and just been a short a short yeah you know collection i'd have been fine with that and i felt like they ad- were trying to add just to make it a five or six issue collection they added you know the next two and, and they just they don't fit as as a well, group of six they don't work how how weird would that would volume two if those would be if those were your first two issues in the trade though yeah that's true i mean yeah so it's it's it, what we, we can't decide what we want we want them to writing you know for the trades or do we not <laughs> I actually think that would have worked. I, I don't think I think issue five, them starting out with the the way it did, I, I think it would have worked. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it would have been fine. I think the first four should have been broken and then the next two. Cause it, it starts with them on the ship, right? The cruise ship. Yeah. Looking mm-hmm. for the Red School. I think that would have been a fine way to start a volume. Because mm-hmm. most people read volumes, has already read volume one, they're reading the very next volume anyways, volume two, so they already kind of knew. But if you're yeah. Like Josh said, though, if you're breaking it, feels like it's a half volume tacked onto already a volume. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying like I, I'm not I'm not accusing Josh of anything I don't agree with because I'm like it's one of my notes like this reads weird. <laughs> it's like two <laughs> issues. I mean, what are they what are they doing? Yeah. yeah. But it's funny because like I, I on the story side, I think I was more interested in the 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 second part like the issue five and six than I was in the first four. Like, man, what's up with this Red School? All this stuff stuff. I, I kind of like that storyline better than what the main one was well i think they were trying really hard to set up uh synapse so i, I think yeah. that's why the shredded man is the way he is and it's it's, a, it's her you know grandfather and grandfather yeah and, and no, she I, and she is front and center all the way through yeah no i, I get that i, I do but yeah, and, and, on a personal level i like the other other stuff better yeah they, they also they set up that the, the shredded man's not gone. He didn't actually die. He already said he's coming back with a new body. Also, they dropped that little teaser about uh, her brother who went into his Terragenesis cocoon and hadn't emerged yet. So I think they were setting that up. She's going to have even more family drama. I feel like they were really trying, like you said, to, to build around Synapse, and she was going to be kind of the focus of this run of, the, of this group that she was going to carry most of the story, which which was fine with me. Um, my, my biggest complaint story-wise is I'm just tired of every villain being an eco-terrorist. It just feels, I, I get climate change is a big deal right now, but man, it's, it feels like 
about 75% of every superhero story I read right now, the bad guys are eco-terrorists. And it's just like, be a little more creative, guys. <laughs> Sometimes I mean, it's okay to just be evil. You don't have to try to justify, you know, killing everybody by saving the world. Like, oh, I'm saving the planet. It's like, you can just be a bad guy. Like, you, you don't need to try to justify it. Just be evil. It's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'm okay with bad guys. It's... Let's go punch Arnim Zola in his robot face. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go ahead and have Hank Pym and his weird, you know, Ultron body thing. Just go ahead and show up. Let's deal with that. Right. That's fine. Ah, I don't know. I'm just, it just feels kind of tired and lazy at this point. It's getting a little played out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else on story? I had something because it wasn't in my notes. I thought about it while y'all was talking and then y'all rambled and forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so, so I want to I want to let you know I did have something that I forgot. Okay. If I, if it comes back to me while we're talking about art, I'll I'll let y'all know. Sure. All right. Well, I'm uh, first on art, and my biggest thing is is I was surprised to discover that the main artist was Ryan Stegman. Um, it's real cartoony, man, and it's goofy. It's not. I mean, I would say right now that Ryan Stegman is probably my favorite artist working in Marvel. Um, I would not have said it if I, when I was reading Marvel at this time. I mean, right? I mean, it doesn't even stand out. Like, I'm, I, I was reading this when as it came out. Um, I didn't like when, when I read Venom. I was like, I need to know this artist's name. I've got to know his name, and I, whenever I see a book with his name on the cover, I'm gonna make sure I take notice of that because I want to see him draw things. When I read this as it was coming out, I could have cared less who was drawing it. I mean, it was it was it's not it's not bad, but I mean, Ryan Stegman is a I mean. That dude's a stud now. He was just okay here. I mean, those issues don't stand out. And I think especially like when we, when we did Venom, like how amazing he was, like drawing Venom with the wings and how yeah. great Noel looked and how the, the creepy stuff all just stood out. I would say it's like the weakness of this book. I don't think the shredded man and his stuff looked very impressive. I mean, it was okay. The, the, the weird, you know, plant vegetable dogs or whatever, they were okay. I mean, they weren't, I mean... Yeah, I was just Ryan Stegman has definitely upped his game since then. Well, what killed me about this one was I felt like the art progressively got better as it went. I know he done the first four, but even by like issue three and four, I could tell the art was getting a little, little better because I I know it's like in the prologue and the first issue one and two, the facial features were like real bony, like their cheekbones stuck out a whole bunch. If you look at their their joints, like where their uh, bicep meets their uh, or their elbow joint or whatever, is like so small, but everything else was real huge. Same thing with their knees and their ankles. I just felt like their proportions were all messed up. Like it really drove me crazy. And the faces on everybody were evolving, even Deadpool's. Like they couldn't, like if he had his mask off, it always looked different. Like it, it was, it was hard for me to really get into the story. I would have gave this a higher grade if it wasn't for this art and. It all went down because I couldn't get over looking at their elbows, their knees, their joints. Like I, I couldn't look at the whole panel, couldn't look at the picture. I kept getting drawn to those little tiny, like tiny, tiny, like GI Joe joints. I'm like, man, <laughs> what's wrong with these people? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have the same complaint. I even wanted to point a page out to you guys. Page 26. There are several panels of a uh, Spider-Man and Johnny Storm standing there. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, and their their muscles. Why? They they stand out from their arms quite a bit, like they have large muscles. They're very short, 
So Spider-Man in the first panel, his tricep between his shoulder and elbow occupies about three inches, but his upper arm's about a foot long. So there's just this weird shank of arm that sticks out. And that was yeah. all over. And Johnny Storm looks completely different in issue three and four when he's going to MIT. Looks like a completely different person. So saying that they was evolving, man. And and even Captain America, like his old man face was crazy. Yeah. I, I will say, and I, I don't know that I would agree with this now, but I think that, like, you know, we talk about the faces. I think that uh, Carlos Pacheco, and I know I'm saying his name wrong, um, but uh, good old CP, when he was, the, his faces in the last two issues were much better than oh, yeah. at this point yeah, in his yeah. career, especially Cap's face. I mean, yeah. he looks like, do you remember the on King of the Hill when Hank's dad came yeah. back? <laughs> Captain America looks like Hank's dad. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. uh, talking about Josh pulling out pages, go to page 22, look at the first panel. It's Captain America and Spider-Man. Look at their faces. Look at Spider-Man's face under the his mask. You just see like, his whole cheekbone. And, and there, and there's Grandpa Hill. Grandpa Hill, yeah. yeah. No, I 100%. see it, now you say it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just had, I really had a hard time with this art. Like, just all of them. Rogue was bad. Uh, yeah. Snacks were... had walleye a lot. Was, yeah. One of my notes it, was they're lumpy. That's how I described yeah. the character. They're lumpy. Yeah. Yeah, but the the proportions are off, but also like the postures are really weird. Yeah. People stand and sit strangely. I mean, it's it was too know. stylized. That's how I described it. It's it's like a cartoonish stylized kind of style that doesn't doesn't seem to work. Uh, well, I, I think first, I think I think Stegman hadn't found his personal style yet. Yeah. I, I think, think he was. I think there was a little bit of floundering going on. Yeah. Uh, saying all that, I know you said you didn't like the shredded man and all that stuff, but like, I think when they first introduced him, he had his first like kind of full page spread or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. I think they did pretty good with the creepy stuff. I mean, he said it wasn't nothing like mind blowing or nothing, but I thought they did pretty good with the the weird creepy plant stuff and some of the like Snaps her suit and Quicksilver's new suit. I think some of the designs he had, like even Rogue's little their outfits. Kind of like their designs on some of the stuff they've done. I, I love the Human Torch's new suit. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, but proportions? No. Suit design. Yeah, really cool. yeah you, you stole most of my notes, Sam. Uh, <laughs> it, my first one was just, it's inconsistent. And we've already hashed that out, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. But uh, And I did like the character designs. And I even had in here Synapse and the Shredded Man. I thought the shredded man was a cool concept. I don't know that maybe he could have probably been done better. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he wears a mask. I don't get the mask, the Bane mask he wears for half the issues. It doesn't make sense. It's cool looking, but it, it really doesn't make any sense. And there was I his identity um, from his granddaughter. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I like Synapse's outfit. She 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 had a cool setup. Uh, she kind of reminded me of like a almost like a ninja a little bit with the way her face stuff. It was a cool setup. Uh, yeah, and then uh, that's about all the good positives I had. Uh, I like, already... I don't know where to, I'm gonna jump in real quick, but I like Quicksilver's suit. I don't know what it is, but it looks like a little fast forward icon <laughs> on his chest. I don't know what I got a kick out yeah. every time I seen it. Like it, at first, it, I didn't catch it until I seen him come out of the cocoon the first time. Like when he come out of the cocoon, I seen like on his chest. I was like, wait a minute, that's fast forward on his chest. I went back like every time I look for his suit. I was like, oh, he had it the whole time. That was so cool. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, dumb. I, it's awesome. Yeah, it's caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I got uh, two more graps real quick. Uh, let's see if you guys agree with me. Uh, 
I'm kind of bummed they couldn't just let old Captain America be old. He had to be super jacked, super soldier, but just wrinkly face and white hair. Like, why yeah. couldn't they just let him be old? Just let him be an old man. But, you know, but he's like the size of Cable, except he's wrinkle face. Like, you know, Deadpool makes a comment. He needs to be, you know, at home watching, you know, day, you know, daytime TV. But he's still in the fight. And I'm like, well, he should be in the fight. Look at him. The dude's still, <laughs> you know, 400 pounds of muscle. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing. Like in the prologue, I think they've done the right Captain America there. He did yeah, like old. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I did like that too because he should been the old shrunken man, whatever. Yeah, because he got old because it's he lost his serum or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so which does, should, that which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that's not how cryo, you know being put it in like cryostasis works. I'm pretty sure it's called stasis for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't don't think too much about it. Uh, yeah, I, no, I've been mad about that for years. Uh, as yeah. this was coming out, I was so mad. <laughs> this is so Let him be old. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, flip over to uh, page eighty if you've got it open, and, and uh, we're using the Comicsology digital copy, so it's page eighty on that. If anybody's following along, uh, I'm a fan of big guns, but Cable's guns are ridiculous in this. That's Cable. Cable's yeah, they are. I, I I I know he has big guns, but that it's it's just a giant black rectangle. It doesn't even look like a gun or a laser or anything. It's just this giant rectangle. It covers his entire body. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. That's how cables. It got on my nerves. Mass. I know. That, that's how it's always been for cable, though. That's not the biggest always... gun I've seen him have. No. I think he's so got funny. a bigger one later. This just happened to be the one I wrote a page number down. I think there's another panel where it's even bigger. Uh, there's it's, one it's later on where it's so big and it's so long that like the back of the gun is like resting on his big shoulder pads. Like it's yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I get I get a kick out of Cable's crazy gun. Yeah, it's it's too much. <laughs> but that's all my gaps I had on the art. I'm done. Uh, I, I I will give him credit. I know we've complained about the art, but I think the color work was top notch all the way through. Even when it changed at the end, the, even the the new color artist that came on, it was it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, just to sum it up, I, the art I thought was the worst part of the pyramid. It was the weakest, but there was cool character designs, and they did do some some good color. The creepy stuff was okay. It didn't make sense necessarily that the, you know, plant dogs, but they looked kind of cool. You know, when when you got the full page spreads of the shredded man and he's holding his, you know, dogs, it, it, they're kind of cool looking. Uh, but yeah, the 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 people, <laughs> the superheroes weren't so great. I, I mean, I did I didn't hate the art. No, I did. First two or three issues, I hated it. It's awful. It absolutely murdered me. That's why I was, that's why I was gonna say my point was, I know the guy done the first through four. And by the like three and four, it, it seemed like it started changing it a little better. It wasn't all that crazy proportion stuff on the arms and legs. But like I think issue five and six actually had pretty decent art. It, all all three was real smooth looking, decent proportions. It didn't really match what was going on with the first four, but I, I enjoyed the last two issues art wise. If it was all like it, I probably would have gave it a athlete or at yeah, least a plus. But she goes solid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's why I waffled between an Affleck and a Keaton is because the art just really it, it got on my nerves. Uh, I, I could have gave us an Affleck if it was. Yeah, like, if they weren't okay. so lumpy. <laughs> yeah. And the Red Skull's face. Oh, why do they can't ever draw a good Red Skull's face? Those cheekbones. 
I know it doesn't make any sense, but that's how he's supposed to look. It's, it's like Cable's all... guns. Just embrace it, man. That's that's how it is. <laughs> I mean, you go okay. back and look at the old, you know, Jack Kirby, Joe Simon thing. I mean, that's the way he looks. Yeah. yeah. They, they, yeah. That you can't get mad at Ryan Stegman for that. You gotta go back to Jack Kirby. Oh, I know. I know and saying. good luck criticizing Jack Kirby. See how that goes for you. It, it won't. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't want to do it that way. <laughs> when criticizing, I know how it's always been done. Doesn't make sense, but it's what it is. All right. Well, let's leave Ryan Stegman alone and move on to the characters. Uh, Sam, why don't you lead us off? All right. So I feel like I know what we've talked about a little bit. I feel like this was synopsis, Deadpool. And Quicksilver volume. I think it's, I think that really revolved around those three for some reason. I enjoyed it. It's a what, what did I put my notes when we read it. It said a, it's a Deadpool, but a tamed down version of Deadpool. It's not his normal over the top annex like he always is. I actually think he was trying to fit into Avengers. So I, I think a little different characterization for him. But the this Quicksilver. I kind of enjoyed it too because he had like a, a little story arc going on with him because he just found out Magneto wasn't his dad, which I didn't I didn't know that at that time. But, I think so, he's, I, th- I think it's back I think he's back to being his dad again. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he is. But so at this time he doesn't think he's his dad, so he's kind of trying to do the good guy thing and he's living life to its fullest. He's running around all these different cities with different women and all this sort of stuff. So I I can see his motivations why he's doing what he's doing. He's trying to break free from his evil past, I guess you'd say, whatever. So he's, he's trying to make up for that. But, but then you got Snatches, this new character just coming in human basically and trying to find her way. So it was a little interesting what you see with her, but the, one of the character points that, that I thought was strange was rogue. Uh, her being an Avenger, her thing with the, the inhumans and all that stuff. But the gambit thing, she should have known right off that she's trying to put the moves on Gambit and he turns her down. That she should have known that wasn't Gambit. She should have questioned that right away. Because Gambit's always the one that's chased her, always been infatuated with her. Like, that was a character moment right there for me. Like, man, that, that something's up right there. What is it? Yeah. And it's Red School. And if he if he didn't do it, it wouldn't have been because of him afraid of, like, you know, getting the mutant pox or whatever. It would have yeah. been like, I don't, I can't, you can't have human touch. Yeah, I mean, that never even came game. up. Yeah. So I think I think that was something they missed a little bit. They should have done that a little different. That should have been like a dead giveaway for Rogue. Something was up. Oh yeah, and then I had a the shredded man is poison ivy. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I I think that. He did, I think I think clearly part of the agenda here was, you know, introduce Synapse, Emily, and develop her and get her established as a as a big as a big character, um, and have her be the center of the story. But I'll, I do think that, with the exception of Rogue and Gambit and the Red School in the basement, um, he he had a really good grasp of who his characters were. Yeah, and they each got their own sort of moment because every I mean because you I mean, more stuff sometimes it's like you know I don't think. Bendis really understands Luke Cage or, or whatever. You're like, you know, like, you know, like some of you'll say, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that the characterizations here are right. And I, it is a, t- it is a toned down Deadpool, but it's still clearly Deadpool, but it's, it's the Deadpool who's trying to be a, you know, trying to replace Captain America. So he is toning, he's turning himself down. Um, but like, yeah, but they'll give you like little moments, you know, um, well, synapse gets, synapse gets the most, but like, 
you know, rogue at those moments where she's, you know, pulling off her gloves and we're seeing how messed up she is. Um, and she's struggling with, you know, being on a team with Inhumans and Avengers that she was at war with like, you know, two months ago or whatever. And so there's all these little moments people have. I thought, I thought that was handled really well, yeah. except for that one time in the basement. It was, yeah. Well, even like uh, uh, Johnny Storm, when he's talking about his little flashback about with Reed Richards talking about need to do science and all stuff. I was like, why didn't he do science when I got you? And then he's like, he's like, man, I should have listened. So that's when he goes to MIT. So, I mean, even that felt like Human Torch. I mean, that's Johnny Storm. And Cable's Cable, all the his macho man, huge gun we talked about, whatever. But his time travel, take charge kind of guy. I mean, that was Cable. I agree. I think I think he had a good grasp on who these characters are supposed to be. Yeah, and the the the, the team dynamic was a big part for me that I really enjoyed. Uh, Synapse is an intriguing character. I like the setup for her. I think I'm I'm game to read more of her stuff. Like I like her trying to find her place in the world now that she's an inhuman and, and she's joined on this new team that's trying to get all these different factions together. Like that's, that's a really cool setup watching her try to find out where she fits in. Uh, but just the team itself, the friction between the people, between the mutants and the inhumans, you know, that's, you can feel that friction and it's a good dynamic and, and watching them, you know, what do you bring to the team? You know, I think Rogue even says at one point it snaps, like, what are you good for? Like, why are you even here? You know, trying to, everybody's trying to fill each other out and, and, and figure out how to work together. So that for me was the highlight of all the character work was just the team dynamic. Uh, and, and, and when they finally start working a little bit, then they throw Cable in from the future and he just comes and upsets everything. So, I, I, yeah, I, I had fun with the characters. For me, this was the best part of the pyramid. 100%. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and like I said, I just I like the team. I, I like watching everybody try to get together and and figure out how to work with each other. I thought that and was, it's, was good. and it's a weird bunch. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. not a team that really should work. I mean, right. and it, just, it feels like random. Like they just you know like shook, put a bunch of characters in the box, shook it and dumped out. You know whatever hit the floor is what was on the team. You know, yeah. but but Jerry Duggan made it work. I wish Spider Man was stuck around a little longer though. I think it would have been funny to have him play pool. See, I, that felt like an editorial thing. Like, okay, you can't have Spider-Man anymore. Yeah. And so just get him out of here. Because I think it, at, the same, at, the, at the exact time this was being published, if I remember this right, a Spider-Man slash Deadpool book was being published. Like, it was just a full-on monthly team-up book with the two of them. Yeah. That, they make a good team. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, that felt like, get him out of here. No, we're not, no more Spider-Man. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a lot to say. It just, it worked. I mean... Yeah. All right, you want to give us more? Do it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, Josh, what is your best main cover? Main cover, it's the double spread for issue one. I believe it's page 11. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, honestly, I didn't live, like really any of the main covers. I didn't think any of them were fantastic or blew me away i just i thought for me the highlight on this one was spider-man i thought he looked really cool up in the corner quicksilver looks so bad though he really does his feet i mean are way too big he's yeah he's got several feet and rogue i I don't like this cover at all i'm gonna disagree with you (laughs) (laughs) my whole thing (laughs) because i didn't like any of them i thought spider-man actually looked really cool on this one that's the only reason i got it was because of spider-man you know, that's, he's good on Venom. You know, that, that that's nothing we didn't talk about. Neither was that 
uh, voodoo guy. I loved his outfit, the skulls and bones on the outside. I sure. could have yeah. used more Dr. Voodoo. I'll, I'll yeah. really like Dr. Voodoo. Uh, I do too. All right, so my bad. I didn't mean to cut in, but yeah, I meant to mention him earlier. You're Hold fine. Um, all right, so I'm up next. I'm going to go with just purely for sentimental reasons, cover three yep. for too many cooks. It's, it's, the, it's the big intimidating cable thing. The shoulder pads are gigantic. They don't make any sense. The gun is huge. It doesn't make any sense. His forearms are beyond human proportions. I mean, guys carrying Husafeld stones and the world's strongest man don't have, aren't built like this. Mm. But, but I just love cable. Uh, his favorite. head got shrunk down. His head's way too small for everything else. Don't worry about it. It's cable. It's cable. Uh, it's cable I wanted man. to pick this one except for the shoulder pads. They're over the top of his head. He couldn't Fit. look to the side and see anything. Physics, even fi- even physics are different in the future. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I guess <laughs> he's got he's got side cameras made into his head so he can see what's exciting. It's in the future. Yeah. And I, and also the I don't know if if y'all read much Marvel recently of like the the mutant books, but they had uh, a young Cable from the future come back in time and kill old Cable, and so we've had like fifteen year old Cable or whatever for the last couple of years. And he's he's okay. I don't hate young cable, but I really miss old cable. Okay, and so, yeah. yeah, it was fun getting to like, oh yeah, I miss this guy. Now I now I'm now I'm maybe a less okay with young cable. So I, I just it's purely <laughs> sentimental reasons. I wanted to pick the cable cover. And I agree with the same one I picked because that is totally cable from the nineties. It's old X Force cable. That's that's the one I was going to pick, but when I realized if he turns his head to the left, he can look under his own shoulder pad and see that's to the how, side. That's what that's he does. Too tall. <laughs> he looks under his own glasses. pad. Yeah, that's yeah. how he does it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. The shoulder pads were too much for me. So yeah, see how high the edges are on the side of that, though? He can see under there. It's like a tunnel. Yeah, He's got, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. Okay, what was your variant cover, Josh? Uh, I got one of the random ones peppered through the... Uh, Main volume, and it's on page 42. That's the variant for one. Because you in issue one. I, again, this one had a really cool Spider-Man, and that was, I thought, the best cat face. Old man cat. Yeah. It's a good Deadpool, too. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, none of them were really bad, except for Quicksilver again. If you had I, I had blocked that from my memory, apparently, because I didn't remember him looking that weird. I think, I think it's the costume. because I think it's hard to draw, because of the way the shoes have those big, clunky running shoes. But he's yeah. wearing like a skin tight bodysuit. I think it's hard to make that look cool. And the way the yeah. gray meets the purple, it puts a weird line down his side and yeah. stuff. Yeah, on his hip. It's just, yeah, it's not cool. But Spider Man's cool. Human Torch is cool. Rogue looked good. I, 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 I thought the some of the best characters. Cool. It's yeah. the best. I think it's the best. Dead, the best Deadpool looking. You know, it's a more classic best look looking Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. 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 And a bad Rogue. You're right, Josh. That's probably one of the better Rogues. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a good solid one. Okay, I right. forgot my page number. Um, skip me. Come back. All right, so I want a variant for issue two, page 127. That's mine, too, yeah. Good job. I like that one. That, that, that like I had, the, the best Captain America to me, just all, all of them all around, I thought was the best. Quicksilver still looks awful, though. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks better than he did on any other covers, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, Doctor Voodoo movie. looks good in that one. Yeah. He's bringing that cloud behind him and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good Human Torch too. Yeah, that's a good Human Torch. I think they're all really good. So I, 
now this Captain America was made like this, and all of them is like the average person, not the fucking mass he was. I've been okay with that Captain America. It reminds me a little bit of the um, the un- Uncanny X Force book we read, the Apocalypse War. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, was that Is- Isad Rabich? I think that's who it was. I love that yeah. art. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that. It's got that the, yeah. the kind of pencil lines. Like it kind of I don't know, just reminds me of it. Cap almost he looks more like a '90s Nick Fury there with all the pouches and the blue and stuff. If he had an eye patch, I would have thought that was Nick Fury. No, I agree. I, I didn't see it before, but yeah, you're right. That's a cool robe too with their hood on and stuff. Yeah. And I, I love this era's Captain America costume too. It's a it's a really cool reason. All right, uh, so uh, best character. Um, I'm up first on that one, and I'm going to steal Josh's thunder and say Deadpool. Um, he's not the right answer, but man, he he's just he's just a sideshow here. That's all he is. But I I do enjoy his story arc of trying to you know something about Captain America inspires him, and he's trying to really impress Captain America. So he's trying to be a good boy, and you know not go stabby stabby on everybody. And <laughs> but man. Every scene he's in, he steals. And Joe, just for that alone, I wanted to give him some love on the best character thing. Yeah. You, you're right. I, I do like Deadpool, too. But I picked Quicksilver for some reason. I don't know what it was. I just like the guy that's got the new lease on life and is wanting to live it to the fullest, no matter what it was. But he's also trying to do the right thing, because they even mentioned that like he'll keep running and try to save all these civilians, even if that's the last thing he could do or whatever. So... He's still trying to do the good thing, so I, I just I enjoyed this new take of Quicksilver. And we all three got a different answer because I did not go with Deadpool. Okay, I thought you would. Shocker yeah. of the show! I was all not right. going to pick Deadpool for best character. Uh, I'm, I, I, do, I am shocked. I do like this Deadpool. He's kind of self-aware and knows he's probably not really an Avenger, and Cap <laughs> has to talk him into staying on the team after every mission. Like that was a shock to me when he said that. It's like I have to keep, I have to talk him to stay on the team after every mission. I'm like, he knows he's not really supposed to be an Avenger. So, so that was good. But uh, now what was Synapse? I just I liked her setup, her storyline. You know, they got a lot of stuff going on with her with her family and being new to being an Inhuman, and she just got a lot of stuff going on and. and I thought she was an endearing character, and I kind of want to see where she goes from here. I think that's probably the right answer. But Jerry Duggan did, or Dugan uh, did such a good job giving everybody their own little character moments. That I think there's a that you, there's a lot of different directions you could have went, and it wouldn't have been like a completely wrong answer. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Sam, what was your best panel? Oh, I love this one. So page seventy six, it is Deadpool's Freddy Krueger face. I just love like his ears missing. You can like see the muscle underneath. I just like that Deadpool face for some reason. It looks moist. <laughs> I wrote that down, and I wanted to pick it, but I don't like when he looks too much like Freddy Krueger. And also, he doesn't have any pupils. Yeah. So it's that's okay. It's but, that, one, I, but I but I think I think that you see the potential of what Ryan Stegman was going to become. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what was yours? Since you could go with pupilless Deadpool. I had two, and I'm going to go with one of the ones from issue, I think it's five or six. It's uh, page 118. It's when the suits of armor, the sentries come to life and are attacking yeah. uh, Johnny Storm. Or Human Torch, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I thought they looked really cool. They had their flaming swords, and that was a cool color. 
Yeah. The knights and shine armor were really good. Yeah. I liked it because you can see like reflections and shields and everything. Yeah. Uh, I I do think there's like a visually confusing thing on the bottom two panels. So it it, it just it looked wrong to my eyes. So in the bot in the bottom left panel, his arm is reaching out to the right, and the panel next to it, his leg is doing it. It looks like his arm ends in a foot. It's weird. <laughs> a tiny foot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's just a dumb thing that bothered me. Um, so I'm going to go with the with the one time that I think that Ryan Stegman was, you know, doing the Ryan Stegman thing, you know, several years early. It's on page 56, and it's that second panel at the top. It looks like something that could be in the modern Venom book. The way the um, plant the plant dogs uh, yeah. are, hang, are hanging out plant bats, and they're in the little cocoons, yeah. and the tree looks creepy. And just the the whole the way he draws like the ground and the scenery, it looks like some kind of barren wasteland. Um, it just looks really cool. I agree. That's really. I, cool. I wish the weird stuff had been that good all the way through, but there there are there are like the, with Deadpool's you know, you know, ganked up face and this. I mean, this page. I mean, you 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 could see he's got it in him. He just can't do it consistently yet. I did like that. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so Josh, what's your best dialogue? Best dialogue. Uh, I'm just realizing I didn't pick uh, really any Deadpool awards because I went with a cable dialogue from page 74. When he, first, when he first comes back in time and he's looking around at the team that's assembled. And he's like, he says, Rogue, Deadpool, Voodoo, good, I can work with this. And Snap says, you're that time-traveling X-Man. Cable says, you, I don't know you, what do you do? I'm Snap, I can communicate telepathically and hack into brains. Okay, well, we're not all winners. <laughs> he just shows up and just instantly burns her and i was like oh that's good it's just so cold efficient it's like yep you're not good uh, yeah that that was mine too um, oh was it <laughs> i don't even have i wish i had a backup yeah it's just you know I, I i love old dismissive you know just cranky cable i cable. i miss him no discussion of that. He was going to be in charge. He shows up and says, oh, that's the team you've got assembled for me? All right, that's fine. I'll work with you guys. Like I can I can make you guys work. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sam, what did you have? All right, so I wanted something a little different. It's on page uh, da, 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 115. And it's when uh, Rogue and uh, Human Torture talking to each other. It says, uh, says, when we find the Red Skull, then what? What do you mean? I mean, he has Charles Xavier's telepathic brain in his head. Are we supposed to do brain surgery? And Rogue's like, I think if I could pick anyone to perform brain surgery on the Red Skull, it would be Deadpool. <laughs> Just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I found uh, another one that I really liked. Um, it's on page. Uh, oh, what's, what's it called? Uh, one thirty-one, and it's a, it's after Quicksilver has, has pulled the dead sled for. Uh, for Deadpool, and so like at the bottom of the page, we're asking like, you know, what what do you care about all this? Like, what what's the dead what's the Red School to you? And I, I like I, I like Deadpool's response because you can you can hear him like mean it. <laughs> like it's a ridiculous thing to say, but he kind of means it. He says, "Look, I'm trying to live up to Logan's legacy by killing everyone. He would if he still possessed the gift of life." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I did. Uh, I almost picked uh, from the zero issue those first eight or nine pages 
Deadpool was doing a monologue over those panels that was going on. And that, that was, that's some really good stuff, but it was like eight pages. You had to, it all worked together. I couldn't pick it because it wasn't necessarily like a dialogue, but that whole monologue was good. It gives you the kind of frame of mind Deadpool's in and it, it was really good, but it was too much. Wasn't that like a free comic book day thing? Maybe. Before this came out? Yeah. Uh, all right. Josh, so I think Josh won that one. Um, Uh, best full page, uh, full page spread is next, and I've, I, honest goodness, guys, I've got a tie. Um, can I, can I, can I skip and come back? Sure. All right, Sam, see if you can steal one of mine. All right, let me see. I got two also. I'm gonna look at my one real quick. Pass. No, no, <laughs> I'm just gonna I, keep I, kicking I, the can here. Do, you, <laughs> do I need to go? No, I'll, I'll use the one I got here. Uh, the one I actually picked was uh, page sixty-six. It's when Quicksilver is getting pulled back into like by the demons or whatever. And got the Doctor Voodoo guy there. I just love that creepy. I mean, that done really good with the demons, all that. I thought it looked like. Um, I will put my notes with it's Quicksilver getting Raimied. Yeah, it looks like something from a Sam Raimi movie. And and it's and it's so good. And the, the portions are actually good in this one. So it's one of the earlier ones where I think he was figuring out his art style or whatever through this. His feet still look weird though. They can't get that right. None, none of the artists on this thing can get the Quicksilver's legs right. And if you look at the page 65, I think he looks like he's about 20 years younger than he is in that. But yeah, he just even a lot in that full page. That was one of the two I had as well. Uh, do you want to go ahead and give your other one, Jamie? Uh, sure, but I bet I bet it's the one you've got too. It's page 89. Nope, I got a different one. All right, it's the it's the oddball special. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's another good line too. It's even better than Logan said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He just looks really tough there. And he, I, I like the way he drew the swords. Um, it's just a really good-looking page. That makes yeah. a pretty cool poster. Yeah. All right, Josh, apparently you had another one. What do you got? Uh, I went with page uh, 41. It's the shredded man reveal when he's holding that cat-dog-plant creature. He just looks really intimidating. Uh, and I thought that was a cool design with all the vines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why he's wearing a mask. It really didn't look like a mask there. I thought that was just his face, but later on you learn it's a mask. But no, I, just, I like that. I like that color. Uh, I've um, got a theory. It just occurred to me. He hadn't fully plantized Boston yet. Maybe he can't breathe normal air, and so he's wearing the mask until he took it over, and all the spores were everywhere, and then he could breathe. Like he, maybe that's the stuff he breathes, and then he took it off. And they just maybe. didn't explain it to us. Yeah, could be. Sure, I'll roll with it. All right, head cannon accepted. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not a bad one though. I I do think that in that on that page, the dogs look too much like the dogs from Ghostbusters. They do. They do a whole yeah. bunch. Yeah. He kind of looks uh, like Mumra too from the Thundercats a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I like that one so much. <laughs> All right. Well, our last award this week is best Deadpool being an Avenger was weird moment or thing. Sam, what do you got? I mean, it was all weird. <laughs> it really was. But if I had to narrow it down, I even mentioned it in my breakdown. It's like Deadpool's actually caring about other people. And so he's like helping save Quicksilver. And he's even giving him mouth to mouth, doing all, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I did it. I saved him. And then Voodoo's like talking to him, or whatever. He says, "All right, thanks, whatever." He's like, "I'm just here." Yeah. <laughs> I just, he even wanted to be thanked for doing it. I, don't know, I, I enjoyed that. 
<laughs> I like that he turns from like giving him CPR to looks at Doctor uh, Doctor Rudin goes like, yeah, thanks for helping, pal. Yeah, <laughs> didn't realize what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Uh, right. I, I thought that was weird that he's actually caring about somebody else, willing to go out of line for a teammate. Yeah, uh, I've got two. Do you want to go, Jamie? See if you've got one of mine. Uh, sure. Um, the um, the whole angle of him, you know, being so enamored with Captain America feels a little weird. And I mean, this is a guy. He's, he's the you know he's the merc with a mouth. He's you know out there merking for money. You know, it, why 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 is he so impressed with Captain America? He's Canadian. I mean, why does he care? I mean, I mean, if he had a thing for like you know Guardian or whatever they changed that guy's name to, or Captain Canuck or something, I I don't know, but it's. <laughs> I mean, but or yeah, Puck or Sasquatch or something. I mean, I don't know, but but it, it just it doesn't it doesn't it it works for the story, but it just feels like that's kind of a left field kind of thing for for like Deadpool to be aspirational for that, you know? know. It works, but it's weird. All right, that wasn't either one of mine, and uh, since I didn't have any other uh, Deadpool awards, I'm going to give you both of mine. Uh, one, he's cash flowing the Avengers. He's the Tony Stark of this Avengers team. <laughs> Selling his merchandise is how they're funding their missions. Not only is he on the Avengers, he's funding that. the Avengers. That's, <laughs> that was that was unexpected. Uh, and then uh, the second thing I, that caught me out was, uh, and especially the last two issues is really where you see it. Uh, he's being weirdly competent at complex stuff. He's their security expert. He's hacking into the security stuff with the computer. He's flying point. the plane. He's flying the plane. They're letting him be the pilot. And then they're also letting him be Overwatch. I mean, he's the lookout. He's the security. He's their backup. Like he's not they're not just like turning him loose in a building saying, Oh, go go over here, distract yourself while we do Avengers stuff. Like he's like an integral part of the team. He's flying them around, he's hacking in, like weirdly competent. <laughs> yeah. At that point I was just rolling with the story. I didn't even think about it. But you're right, him with that laptop on his yeah. lap, you know, hacking into Talking something about, like that. Oh, they got really good security systems. Somebody bypassed all and then, you know he's doing like tech <laughs> jargon. I'm like, that's not Deadpool. It's not Deadpool at all. <laughs> no. He's funding I, I, the Avengers and he's their tech expert. It's none of that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right, Josh won that one. <laughs> <laughs> Josh had the two best ones. Yeah. yeah. That's why All I right. gave them both. All right. Well, let's let's humble him and go cast this thing. Oh man. <laughs> oh, it's it. <laughs> it's okay. Mine are terrible. Uh, this is not my best cast. Um, so uh, the all, all the all the uh, humble pies come in my direction. Uh, Josh, who's your rogue? All right. Uh, this is an actress that I've not actually seen in anything. It's Madison McLaughlin. Uh, Mostly cast her because she's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So she's going to have the right accent. She's about the right age. Uh, she was in the Teen Wolf TV show. She was in the Arrow TV show. Uh, she's been in a couple of movies. She might be a little bit younger than Rogue should be. Uh, but mostly I wanted to cast somebody from Louisiana. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She played the um, little sister, right? Yeah. From Arrow. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not, not watched Arrow, so I don't know. But okay, yeah, that's not. Yeah, she's probably the wrong age, and yeah, couldn't believe her believably punching things. But 
accent's a big part of Rogue, and I wanted somebody from Louisiana to get that right. So I, I agree. The accent is absolutely crucial, and so I cast Emily Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> it's an accent, all right. No, I just, I, my whole thing was like, it felt like that the way this was written, that Rogue and Quicksilver were the, or until Cable shows up, were the older statesmen of the team. They were the grown-ups in the room. So I wanted to cast a lady who was a little bit older than the rest of my cast and, and kind of had that sort of um, big personality, had an aura that would sort of occupy the room and would believably be in leadership. And I just kept coming back to Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I just, she, she had that sort of air of authority that would work for it. I have no idea if she can do the accent. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not mad at you because I like Emily Blunt. But. Yeah, I, I know it's not it's not the right answer, and it's probably a super weird. Game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Sam, who'd you have? Uh, you know where Josh probably knows her from the Wedding Crasher. She was the crazy redhead. Her name's Isla Fisher. Yeah, crazy redhead. I can see her punching everything. So. Kind of looks like Rogue. That's the two reasons I picked her. It, does Rogue have red hair? I thought it was brown uh, with that stripe. It is brown with the stripe, but Rogue only has red hair. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I've, I've not saw her in any action stuff, so I don't. I don't know. But she, yeah. she's she's a good actress, so yeah, I'll roll with that. All right. Uh, so I think I think we all lost on that one. <laughs> I don't think yeah, anybody won. I don't. I don't yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a true winner. We three-way tie for third. <laughs> it was all three of us voting present for that. <laughs> all right, oh, here's the here's the wrong answer for Quicksilver. Um, I'm going Tom Felton. Quicksilver, even though he's trying to do well, is still kind of a punk. You know, he just kind of has that you know punchable face, a little bit of a jerk. Um, I was trying to get somebody sort of maybe early thirties, mid thirties, a little bit older than the rest of the crew. Tom Felton kind of in that little niche. I, I don't love it. I just, I, I could, this was the one I had the most trouble with. I couldn't find anybody for it. He kind of has the hair for it. He's got a face. People want to punch. I mean, that's, that's, that's funny. It. I struggled with this one. I've actually got three people. Cause I thought I had okay. three, three. I don't kids. have one. I just had to say something. <laughs> so I put Tom Felton down. So I got the one. I think. Oh, okay. I just, I just made him a lineup of my three. Okay. And it's why I picked this, what I wrote him down for is Bradley Cooper. Kind of the pretty boy. I can see him being the ladies' man. Having girlfriends all over the world. And then still kind of do the superhero thing. Still try to be a good guy. Trying to do the right thing. Bradley Cooper. And when he goes super smug, he, he becomes a guy with a punchable face. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I think I kind of like even from... I'd say with the A-team when he played the face. See, the problem I really have with Quicksilver is think about the two guys who've played him. Um, Evan Peters works better, not just because he had a better, you know, version of Quicksilver to play, but like Aaron Taylor Johnson got swole and didn't look like a runner. Evan Peters actually looked like a runner. And most of the guys who are sort of in the right age range have been in a lot of action movies, they're all big swole dudes and none of them look like runners. And so I, I couldn't find anybody who looked like Quicksilver. The other thing was, was with Bradley Cooper, though. He can. He, had that, he can. He had that thin, lean build in the 18. He wasn't yeah. super slow. Running. 
Yeah. He, and he, he'll do dramatic things with his body for a role. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really struggled with the body type. That was, that was my big hindrance for Quicksilver. I think I got this one pretty close. Uh, the only thing, this guy has very dark hair. I don't know what he's going to look like with, you know, the white hair. Uh, I'm going with Ben Barnes. He's 6'1". He's really yeah. lean. He looks like he could be a runner. Uh, I can see him doing the ladies' man thing. But again, you know, if, if he does something stupid and you feel like he needs to get punched in the face, like you're not going to feel bad about it. Yeah, 100%. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's a, he's a really good actor, too. So. Yeah, he is. Is that, that, yeah, I thought he, uh, for me, the main thing I went for was somebody kind of on the tall side and kind of lean. I didn't want, you know, the the huge jack man. I needed somebody to be <laughs> believably fast and nimble. Yeah. Uh, and I thought and that was part of the problem there in Taylor Johnson. He got too big for that part. He did not look like a runner. Yeah. Uh, it looked like a linebacker. I mean, just anyway. Uh, I think Josh won that one. I'm going to completely cop to the win there. All right. Snap, so Sam, who you got? I don't know if I'm mad about Josh winning that one, but I think I got pretty good one for snaps. And with Emma Watson. Young, kind of right build. Yeah. Can she do naive, vulnerable? Yeah. Yeah. That's not terrible. All right. All right, Josh? I've got two. I don't know which one to use. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Haley Steinfeld. She's going to be Kate Bishop in the new Hawkeye. I think okay. she got the right look for it. Yeah. She might be a little bit too young. I, I'm, I'm not sure. What was your all's guess on Synapse's age? I wasn't sure. I, I was thinking maybe even like 19. Yeah, I was thinking uh, anywhere like from oldest, 18, 19. I was thinking maybe uh, mid-20s. So I, I, sure. I, 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 think, I thought they were playing her very young. Uh, the other actress, and I may mention her after you get done, Jamie, she, she's in her early 30s, and I thought she might have been a little too old. Yeah, because they're clearly setting up a romance between Quicksilver and Synapse, and I thought it was weird because they're playing Quicksilver as the clearly the oldest member of the team, and Synapse being very much the youngest. And I thought that feels a little creepy there. <laughs> so, so I on purpose aged Quicksilver down <laughs> and aged her up a little bit. So I went with because uh, she says that she's got a mixed uh, Mexican and Irish heritage. So I wanted to try to find uh, somebody who would kind of fit that. And I didn't really do it, but I'm going to go with uh, Anna de Armas. She's a good actress. Um, she's in the right age range. Um, and, and you think about her role in Knives Out. She does that sort of you know, naive in over her head, vulnerable thing. She does that really well, too. Yeah. And so that's yeah, why I went with her. The right look, too. Yeah. And yeah, she can do the big eyes when the, the ninja mask, you know, she got expressive eyes. So no, yeah. probably wins. No, that was you, that you won. That was my only good one. <laughs> oh, you can for sure. <laughs> I thought about her. <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh, who is your cable? Uh, show favorite, Carl Urban. Oh, bam, that's the right answer. Same thing I had. I think he's getting Where? old enough now. He He's getting up there that he can believably pull off the gray hair and, and the battle-scarred face. All right. So that's, that, see, that completely determined my choice here. Um, this cable has seen some stuff. I mean, he's been through a lot. You can see he's got his craggy face, still real swole, but you know, you know, he's been through some junk. So who is our actor? who's still in good shape. Got a rough looking face. He's seen some stuff. I'm going kind of in a weird direction here. Sylvester Stallone. That's not bad neither. We'll have to make him stop dying his hair for a while. Cause you know what? I, Cause you know what? Ain't that black. 
No, I think they're black. <laughs> yeah. I, I briefly it. considered that for a little bit because he's even <laughs> if you remember the Judge Dredd movie, he had the giant shoulder pads. He would fit right in the cable outfit. Yeah. It was the cable about, like, uh, remember uh, Ram- Rambo Last Blood? He let himself look older than he usually does. Kind of kind of a cable look there. Yeah. yeah. I thought I might get laughed at for that one. No, that's actually not bad. It's I not still like Carl Urban, Urban, but yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Well I did get I told I told uh Ed and she did laugh at me. But uh <laughs> I don't think she saw it at all. It was probably unrelated. She was laughing at you. All right. Well, I, I am. It is a day that ends in one. Um, so next up is the shredded man. And uh, I wanted to be funny and just pick some guy who's jacked and just like, hey, he's shredded. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like there's a couple of panels where I feel like they were drawing an actor. It was just straight up had his picture beside the the, the board they were drawing on. It, I, there's about three times they're just drawing Danny Trejo. Really? It's who you saying? Yeah, it's not. It's not. The, his face is pretty inconsistent. Um, but I mean, you got the mustache, the hair, um, some of the facial. Like I said, it's not every time. There's, there's a yeah. couple of times he's, they're just draw, they're just drawing Danny Trejo. Okay. And he, and he is the Mexican side of the family that uh, she's descended from. That's funny. So, yeah, so I wanted to make sure I got a Hispanic actor. I, I and, I... and I do think there's, especially on, um, I think it's issues like three and four. I, he just looks like Danny Trejo. I, could, I couldn't shake it. I wish I would have paid more attention to the, the heritage. I did not catch that. I don't know, I must have skimmed over that. But they, they don't mention it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I missed that totally. I didn't see it. So, had, so what I kept seeing was, when I was doing it, was... I can see Danny Trio now. So anyway, I'll scoot through it now. I, I see it. You're right. <laughs> but I was thinking for a bad guy that's thinking that was trying to do the good thing, but doing the bad thing. Anyway, so Stephen Lane, I kept getting it from Avatar when he was the the general guy or whatever. He was trying to do a good thing for the human population order but it was a bad thing he was doing for a good reason or something that's the kind of house house I, I, I mean it's he's not right for the part but yeah i, I like stephen lang i'd like he's I a, good, get a good cable yeah yeah i, I want him I'll, for I'll, cable I'll, before i couldn't do it I again. To, or I, oh he would have been cable again but that's the thing is though like i didn't see it danny trio thing i didn't catch the the ethnicity or whatever it's called so look at page, look at page 84 I know. That's why I just looked at when I said that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's why I was like, you're right. I see it. But you know, so yeah. I, like this, I, um, from my, my brainstorm, I kept seeing Stephen Lang because I, I guess that's who I wanted to cast. And I just kept seeing it in my head. Yeah. You're right. Right, Josh, who's your, who's your? All right. Well, the white mustache and the white hair got me. And I kept picturing uh, Sam Elliott from like roadhouse or something so i'm going like a little bit older than that so i'm thinking you know real early 2000s sam elliott tombstone sam elliott maybe a little bit older because he is supposed to be her grandpa and if she were making her early 20s but yeah somewhere in that time frame but you know sam elliott's who i was going with all right all right sam who's your wild card wild card i picked karnak y'all remember him he had like one panel (laughs) (laughs) so i picked him like, nobody else is picking Karnak. I got Karnak in here. I seen him at one panel. I don't think he had a bubble. He didn't even say nothing. 
But I went with Eric Winter because uh, he's from the show Rookie. I like a whole bunch. Just a real tough guy or whatever. I think Carnett got one line, didn't he, when they first were picking up snaps? He might have. <laughs> All right. That's completely random. That's my Wild card. I nailed it. I think, I think it's the wildest of wild cards we've done in this show. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, he, he did have a line, my bad. Yeah. He's on page, yeah. only panel he's in, he's on page 134, panel one. He's he looks like Karnak? Kind of. Okay. I, just, cause I know who Karnak is, and I know who that guy played on the show. I think he would have fit into that role fine. Sure. Yeah, you why not? I didn't well, pick Karnak, so you don't have any competition. So you're, I know, you're I safe. You've got the best Karnak. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went that way. <laughs> Josh, he's your wild card. Well, I went with uh, random, and I was going to add some humor uh, to my film. So I went with the wrecker from issue five and six. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to see Ron Perlman getting, coming <laughs> out of prison with the giant pry bar, you know, beating people up just so he can go back to prison. I, I thought it would be funny to see Ron Perlman, just a big burly construction worker dude who decided to be a villain. Not a good one, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's good though. I like oh, it. That'd be funny. Yeah. I like it. Six minutes later. <laughs> All right. I I thought I went obscure. Um, Sam, you you get the obscure, you know, gold star this week. Um, I'm going to I'm casting Sin, the Red Skull's daughter, who, who maybe has like five panels, which is like four more than Karnak had. <laughs> and uh, I'm casting Samara Weaving. I just think she looks like her. And I've seen um as I've been doing like Keanu connections <laughs> for Nurse of the Round Table. Um, I've you know looked at every movie that almost has ever been made. It feels like, and uh, I think it was a couple of times where she had darker hair that was almost red like that. I think she's normally blonde, but uh, she just kind of looks like her, and she kind of has that um, I don't know a nice way to put it. Like she's got a she she can have a mean face at times, and I feel like she would be good at that sort of really sort of you know mean sa- sadistic even thing that sin is every time she's in a story I've ever read. Yeah, that's that's good. I briefly considered casting for her, but I'm not familiar with that character, and I didn't know which way she was going to go, so I left it alone. Yeah, uh, she figures pretty prominently um, in the Ed Brubaker run. If you, if you keep reading it past where we stopped, um, she, I think it's sort of her origin stories where that is. I don't know that she was. I'd never anything with her before that, and then she weirdly was super important to the old man Logan story at the end. Um, I don't know that that ended really strangely. It was good, but it was weird. Um, all right, nobody cares about that. Um, uh, so Josh, uh, why don't you preview our next show for us? All right, so next week we'll be reviewing Fear Agent Final Edition Volume One, and here is the comicsology summary. Uh, veteran fans and new recruits alike can experience the whiskey-soaked, laser-scorched life of Heath Houston, the galaxy's last fear agent. Uh, when down-and-out alien exterminator Heath Houston stumbles upon an extraterrestrial plot to commit genocide against the human species, he must put down the bottle and resume his role as a peacekeeper, the last fear agent. Hmm. Yeah, this is another one of those uh, indie runs I latched onto when I first got back into comics. I've read every single issue of Fear Agent. Um, I've really liked the series. And oh, also for our listeners, they have reorganized how this is published. 
And so this was originally published in smaller graphic novels, and they're and now they're only even digitally available as omnibuses. Omnibus, I'm not sure. Um, so we're just doing the first story arc because I think there's there's two of the original trades are crammed into each of the of the omnibus uh, editions, and so we're just doing the first four issues, the first story arc. Yeah, this the the final edition, volume one, does collect the first uh, ten issues of Fear Agents. Yeah, 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 because I think they're originally eight trades. And they they've just, they've just grouped them up by two in each. Uh, I think we're gonna have a good time, and I think it'll make for a quite a conversation. I think yeah, there's gonna be a, a lot here to talk about. This was a random pick for me. I hadn't read this before, and it's funny now to hear that you say you've read every <laughs> issue of it. So that's <laughs> not always encouraging to you guys, is it? <laughs> <laughs> not not that doesn't mean it's a winner. Not always. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping for it. Not not another six gun. You know, moment here. Yeah, or uh, uh, or even Black Hammer, or even Black Hammer. Uh, you sometimes hate read stuff too, though. So you'll read thirty issues of something just out of <laughs> anger. So <laughs> just because you read them all doesn't mean it was good. You may have just wanted to read it. I'm getting better. I'm not, I'm not the completest I used to be. I'll I'll quit stuff now. Okay. Although I still am reading Tony Coates' Captain America run. Okay, I can't quit it. <laughs> it, it, it. It keeps saying Captain America on the cover. <laughs> So I keep reading it. Sold. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, uh, hopefully we all enjoy Fear Agent more than I enjoy Tony Seacoast's Captain America. So, guys, I think we're done here. Salute. See ya. Good night. Goodbye, Belgium. (laughs) 